Welcome to Military Network Radio, where we'll bring dynamic interviews and fresh information about topics affecting your quality of life at each stage of your military service. Join us each week for information of value that improves your outlook, actions, and encourages each member of the family. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Everyone serves, and together we make a difference. And now, here's your host, Linda Crater. Good morning and welcome to our show today. I'm Linda Crater and I'm joined by Les Davis. Les, good morning to you. Good morning, Linda. I am very pleased that we're going to talk about a very unusual foundation that is doing some great work. And we like to bring you some different kinds of groups that really do work on a grassroots level to make a difference. And their stories are good. Their organization's services are terrific. And... We are joined today by Gold Star Mother and Foundation Director Janine Lutz of the, let me see if I can get this right, you can correct me if I don't, Lance Corporal Janice V. Lutz Live to Tell Foundation. And welcome to our program, Janine. Thank you. You are so very welcome. And this very special resource has an interesting backstory. Can you start with that and give our listeners sort of some background on and why you came to start the foundation? What made a difference to you? And, and basically, I, I will give away something a little bit here, but how you turned grief into action. Sure, um, Linda. Um, my son served on the front lines of Iraq and Afghanistan he, in um, 2008 and in 2009. And uh, when Johnny came home in, uh, after serving in Afghanistan, there was a noticeable difference. He was diagnosed with severe PTSD and traumatic brain injury. And um, at that point of my life, I didn't know anything about PTSD and um, I didn't know anything about anything. I didn't have any tools at that time. Um, their treatment for my son uh, when he was stationed at Camp Lejeune, when he went to the hospital there for his severe PTSD, they put him on a dangerous cocktail uh, known as the combat cocktail. Mm-hmm. And it still was not working for him. He was still, you know, could not sleep, full of anxiety um, nightmares, you know, just everything Johnny had. And in June of 2010, they put my son on a drug called Klonopin. And one week later, Johnny attempted suicide. The doctor wrote, uh, he survived. The doctor wrote in my son's chart, do not give Mr. Lutz Klonopin because he knew that that was the causation for his suicide. But they never told the family, they never told my son that he could not take that drug, leading my son to believe that um, he, that's what he wanted to do of his own free will, that he just didn't want to live because he didn't want to deal, he didn't want to deal anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, three months later, they put Johnny in um, inpatient care in Poplar Springs, Virginia for his PTSD that doctor put my son on Klonopin without reading his records. And in three days, Johnny became suicidal. But because he was inpatient, the doctor was able to stop administering the drug. That doctor also noted in my son's chart, do not give Mr. Lutz Klonopin again, failing to tell my son 
which is protocol, by the way, they okay. were supposed to tell him, leaving him to believe that he wanted to take his life of his own free will, that it was not the medicine. Um, Johnny was medically retired November of 2011. He came home. He was on probably 18 to 24 different medications. And in 2012, he decided, he said, Mom, I, I want to get off this stuff. I'm, I'm tired of feeling like a zombie. I don't like the way I feel. Let's make it, I'm gaining weight, you know. And I was happy that he was going to get off all that stuff. And um, he, he got off everything. The summer of 2012, Johnny flourished. He was in school. He was uh, going to school to be um, a pilot. He had seven hours fly time. We traveled, we traveled to Colorado, to Tennessee. We went white water rafting in both places. And um, it was a wonderful summer, wonderful, wonderful memory. And um, the end of the summer, something triggered, a life event triggered his PTSD. And on January 1st, 2000, uh, 2013, Johnny called me and he said, mom, I need you to lock up all the guns. I need you to take my pain meds. He still was on a very low dose of pain meds. He said, take my pain meds. And if I need them, you know, just give me one. I said, okay, honey. And I said, is, you know, there anything else I can do, you know, for you? And he said, no, mom. He goes, you know, you just keep everything locked up and, and I'll be okay. Well, I didn't know it that Johnny went to the Fort Lauderdale VA on Commercial Boulevard on January 4th. And his medical records read, Mr. Lutz presents well-groomed and teary-eyed. He stated that he had his mom lock up his guns because he was having suicidal ideations and that she's controlling his meds. And the, the psychiatrist said, well, how are you now, Mr. Lutz? Are you okay? And as the tears rolled down my son's face, he said, yeah, I'm okay. There were several red flags there right. that, that they didn't you know, listen to. And um, so the doctor said, well, Mr. Lutz, um, we're going to try you on Klonopin. And she yeah. gave him uh, 14 Klonopin. Then he goes right next door to the pain doctor. And that doctor gives him 90 tablets of morphine. So somebody with severe PTSD is handed two drugs that are also contraindicated. You do not prescribe them together. Mm -hmm. Eight days later, my son was dead. Less. Wow. Um, there, well, can I, I just well, I'd like to back up a second, if we if we could, uh, uh, Janine. You um, this is this is just really heartbreaking. And, and uh, as a as a veteran myself, I I was listening to your story, and I and I'm uh, I'm I'm speechless. And you can probably tell I was I was just enthralled with your your the story. Um, what I'd like to know um, is when you said when when he uh, when you guys were having such a good um, like a good life it sounded like at that during that summer. Uh huh. Was he off his medications then? Was he seeking some kind of other therapy? I mean, what what was different that he was that you and your guys' relationship was good? It sounded like he was finally getting things together. What? What was the difference between at that point and then him going, what it sounded like, going back into his dark space? Well, he had a life event. Uh, he, had, he broke up with his girlfriend, and um, that just it, it spiraled him downhill. 
you know, the, the thing is with, which I'm sure you know, with PTSD is, you know, these things can happen. Like, for example, my, my son broke up with his girlfriend. So that evokes feelings of loss. When my son served in Afghanistan in 2009, he lost 14 of his buddies that summer. Yeah. Um, it, it was a, it was a rough summer. So that those feelings of, of loss that will trigger, you know, PTSD and bring all that up to the surface again. And um, he went to the to get to, help to right. get for help because, you know, and, and and what I also think, this is my personal belief that, you know, my son, again, he never knew that the reason why his previous suicide attempts was because of that drug. And he was afraid. is a tough one. Yep. He was afraid that he was going to, um, you know, that those feelings were going to come on him again. So he went to the VA for help. Um, and I mean, the Johnny was doing everything. Johnny was doing uh, bike riding. He bought a road bike and he'd go ride 20 miles at a time. He was, um, you know, going to school. And, and the fact that when we traveled and we saw family, it was just it was just wonderful, you know, um, he just, it was a lot of laughter and, and um, it was, it was a lot of good times. And, and I hadn't seen that in my son because the whole time that, you know, Johnny was back, he was so heavily medicated. Now, Janine, you mentioned, and it's in the civilian world as well, it is protocol to inform the person of side effects. It is, usually there's a, something in the uh, RX bag when they give you your meds that tell you side effects and things to look out for. Clonopin is a tough drug and it has known side effects, but is, do you feel that there was any reason that there was zero communication between the medical care and the practitioners and your son? Because had he known, it's, it's as though when you say someone is allergic to penicillin, you know, it's the same sort of thing. If you know you have a response to a certain med, you make note of it. Right. So why? Well, and why? It was, it was in his chart because uh, I don't know, Linda, I don't know. They, they just don't care. The, the other thing is, is Kalanapin is a benzodiazepine. And right. on VA's own website, which they published in 2010, you do not treat PTSD no. with benzodiazepine because it causes suicide. Right. So they knew this. So why? It's not the standard of care. Well, part of it is our medical system is so siloed in terms of specialties. So I'm going to probably guess that the one physician did not know that the other one had prescribed the contraindicated med. I, I, would, I would assume that they didn't know. Because the coordinated... Uh, pharmaceutical management is very poor. And unless you're always on top of it, what is really heartbreaking to me is that Johnny knew that he was not in a safe place and he asked for your help and you gave it. So you did everything that you could have done, but the medical establishment let you down. Right. And, right. and not just my son, so many others. Well, absolutely right. So, you know, I think we take some lessons from this and I hope that our listeners pick up too, that we really need to make sure that the medical charts reflect a lot of what goes on because there are 
you nobody wants a quote flagged chart, but if you're allergic or have bad reactions to certain meds, it needs to be noted in big old letters. But as you said, if Johnny didn't know, he only knew he didn't like those feelings. That's pretty bad. So I hope that listeners take away from this that stay on top of the meds, know which ones cause the side effects, and make sure it's in the charts because coordinated medical care and especially pharmaceutical coverage is very tough to find. We have a break coming up and we will come back and we will talk about how you turned your grief into action so that this would not occur to other families. We are talking with Janine Lutz at the Live to Tell Foundation and we will be back after these messages. All right. We're Military Network Radio and we'll be right back after these short messages. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Salt is in nearly everything we eat, and many times it makes food taste so delicious. Even though the 2010 Dietary Guidelines for Americans recommends limiting sodium to less than 2,300 milligrams a day, Men's Health Magazine states that the average American takes in about 3,300 milligrams of sodium every single day. Your body needs some sodium to function properly because it helps transmit nerve impulses. It influences the contraction and relaxation of muscles, and it helps maintain the right balance of fluids in your body. But most of us are getting far more sodium than is recommended. Check out the sodium content in the foods you are eating and limit soy sauce, Parmesan cheese, bacon, smoked salmon, ramen noodles, and salami. It's time to kick the habit of too much sodium. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. It's marching In celebration of what would have been author of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Roald Dahl's 100th birthday, Oxford University Press has published the Oxford Roald Dahl Dictionary. The dictionary is both authoritative and a little bit mischievous and includes everyday words plus those invented by Dahl for his books. One of my favorite words from the dictionary is Zazimus. That is what the big friendly giant calls the stuff that dreams are made of, which he whisks with his magical egg beater. Roald Dahl loves the letter Z, which he uses in his mystical words like sizz-whizzing, zip-fizzing, and zunk. By now, you might be feeling a bit biff-squiggled. That's another word for confused or puzzled. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back. We're going to talk about what we just spoke about on the break among ourselves, which is that when we send our young men and women into action, they are trained for a lengthy period of time. But upon their return, there's a one-week course. So say you have a year of train-up before you are sent and deployed, but you come back and you have a 40-hour one-week transition course, and you're eager to get back to your families. And how about retraining people after separation? Yeah, it just seems, as as you, as you said that, Linda, I, and Janine's son, 
he went through a year. Just think about that. A year mm -hmm. training how to be a Marine, how to operate in combat conditions, how to, you know, how to be a successful Marine in his career. And then toward the end of your, your, your duty, you get that, like you're saying, that transition classes, like you're saying, 40 hours, one week to become a civilian one week. So I think that, you know, I, you know, I'm, I think that should change as you know, um, this to me is, is where we, uh, where we fail and, and, and to try to bring people back to the civilian life uh, after uh, especially two tours, one in Iraq, one in Afghanistan with your son. I mean, that's, I think that's a shame, Janine. Janine, was he ever coached on invisible injuries? Um, I'm not quite sure, you know, what, I know he went to, you know, some group therapy at the Miami VA. Um, and, and I know actually when he would come home, he would be more aggravated because he would be in a group with people that did not, that weren't infantry. <laughs> and, um, you know, that's, in, that's important, you know, to be, you know, to get that relief, to have that conversation. Um, yeah, you're you're correct. Johnny was trained for one year to be an expert in the application of violence. And um, when Johnny got home at that time, I didn't understand why my son didn't want to do the things he wanted that he used to do. Why was he different? Why can't you just be the same? Mm -hmm. And I put undue pressure on my son. I know that now. Because, you know, I'd say, come on, let's go out for dinner. We we love to fine dine. And, um, no, Mom, I don't want to go. And, like, I just couldn't understand why. I'm like, just do it, you know. And then, um, so now I teach people hindsight that, you know what, your son served on the front lines. He, sur he came home. He survived. He's going to be different, mm -hmm. you know. So, so let him be who he is right now. Give him his time. Give him his space. Don't put undue pressure on him. But the most important thing that I, that I teach families and veterans is connect with other veterans locally. Mm -hmm. My son, he reached out to his buddy um, in North Carolina um, towards the end. What can you do when you're, when you're long, you know, when you're far away? You got to have that face-to-face -face time. These guys need to have that conversation locally. And that is why I created the Let's Buddy Up. So I created, and what I do is I build local veteran communities, connect them. And, um, you know, you get these guys and gals together and it's conversation like you've never heard. And no, maybe they didn't serve together, but they have a lot in common. Mm -hmm. Um, I started doing the Let's Buddy Up one year after uh, Johnny's death. Well, it, it was March of 2014 I started it. And actually, this year is my four-year anniversary. I started out at my first Buddy Up with four veterans. Today, I have over 500 members, and I average about 50 that come out every month. And what exactly the Buddy Up is, it's an evening of food, fun, and camaraderie. Mm -hmm. It's for the sole purpose of connecting veterans locally. I don't want anything from them. I just facilitate this meeting. I provide a good meal. Sometimes we'll, we'll play games, you know, or we'll do speed networking, um, but it's been quite a success. Um, and now we've opened up our second buddy up in Bellingham, Massachusetts. When you first started this, Janine, did you, did you contact 
uh, like his Johnny's friends? And is that the group you wanted to get together initially, or was this? Oh, okay. So good point. Um, I called like after Johnny died. I'm like, well, why is Joe okay? Why is Rizzo like? What? How come all like this? These guys are okay, and and my son wasn't okay because I didn't know at that time that it was the drug that made Johnny suicide. So I called Joe and I said, Joe, you know, how are you living with this? And, and he said, Janine, number one, I'm not going to go to the VA. I'm not going to take that zombie dope. And I'm not going to speak to some psych who, who's never been on the front lines. They don't rate. Then I called Rizzo. I heard the same thing. Then I called Brian. I heard the same thing. I heard a song by Soldier Hard called Red Flags. Mm -hmm. And um, in the song, he said, they're showing us the signs, but nobody's listening. And then he said this. He said, you all need to buddy up. And he was talking to the veterans. And when I heard Soldier Hard say that in that song, mm -hmm. it just grabbed me. And I said, that's it. I'm going to get these guys and gals to buddy up on a local level. I'm going to build this, this community they can support each other because that conversation that that our veterans have with each other, they can't have with somebody they went to high school with or who didn't serve. Right. That's the best medicine. That's what relieves their pressure. And that is how and why I created the Buddy Up. You know, that that special connection that, you know, the the vets have. I seen it at a program I used to run myself at a college. It is it's. It is almost um, it, you can you can not even see a guy for a couple of years and then walk in and, and see him in the classroom there. And all of a sudden, it's like you never stop. You know, it's like you just seen him yesterday. That conversation, that camaraderie, yes. it just picks up right where you left off. It's a good time. It's laughing. It, it's just, you know, where they ate the same dirt. They slept in the same mud. They You know, it's just one of those things we just have in common with each other. And, and that, like you said, the, that communication piece, when you get them together, that's better than any medicine the VA could give them. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I, um, we have a Facebook page. It's Let's Buddy Up Broward. And we photograph, you know, we take pictures every month and we post them. And if you ever took the time to go through the pictures, you will see smiles on everybody's face. They might not walk in the door that way, but by the end of the evening when they walk out, they're smiling from ear to ear. You know, I'm glad you said that because I did go through that Facebook page. And it, 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 the first thing that came to my mind was that looks like a happy family. Mm -hmm. that, you know, that looks like family together right there. Um, also, uh, the thing that because I'm a bike enthusiast, I've seen you do, but you do, you've done three rides. Hopefully you'll do a fourth this year. I, I love that. You know, I love the guys getting together because a lot of veterans own motorcycles. Yes. And so. These, those rides to me look incredibly fun. You know, I know you had a few speakers, you had the band. What a great time that is. Uh, that look to me, I would just go down there to hang out with the vets. Mm-hmm. Can you say something about the rides and how successful they've been? Um, yeah, they have been successful. They are a lot of work, and um, the foundation is that's how that's what I started actually. I did my first annual ride on the first anniversary of my son's death, and it was after that that I said, Well, what am I going to do now? You know, I'm raising awareness. What's the solution to this problem that, that our military is having? You know, and then that's when I came up with the Buddy Up. 
and the ride, the first, our first ride, I believe we had 16 states participate, you know, people from 16 different states flew, flew in. And, um, you know, again, it was a great experience. It was great to raise, to raise awareness in the community. And um, it was a, a very positive thing. The foundation, we have grown um, into so many other avenues or facets, I call, you know, I like to call them different facets to combat veteran suicide. I have, I have many different initiatives going on that I just don't have the time right now. Um, but yes, I do want to do another ride. Um, but we've just, uh, I need well, more, more people on my team. Well, good. That's why we're giving you some outreach here. I think that the buddy up is so very, very important. And obviously suicide prevention is huge on your radar screen. But what I also found going through and talking with you and looking at the website is that you are also advocating for alternative therapies and different things that build the camaraderie that don't necessarily use the, what did you call it, the combat cocktail. Yeah. Um, there is a place for medication, but it also has to be managed and communicated as we've already discussed. Yeah. But Suicide prevention is big, and we're coming on a break, so let's talk about one that we can talk about before the break, and that's code check. Oh, yes. Tell us about code check. So, you know, when my son when my son was here, I didn't know sometimes what to say if, if uh, he was triggered. You know, I didn't know. I didn't have any tools. Mm -hmm. And when he was younger, we used to, if I would say something um, that maybe he didn't like, he would say, mom, do you smell that peanut butter? And that meant, you know, don't talk about that in front of my friends or whatever. <laughs> so anyway, so green, so, so I created this after I lost my son. Green is everything is okay. Mm -hmm. Yellow is I'm triggered and I'm, you know, I'm becoming stressed. So, um, so he would simply say yellow. And that means wherever you are, even if we're at a movie theater, that mom, you know, let's go home. You can't ask me why you can't take it personal and you can't get mad. Right. So that's a great tool for family and friends, you know, for our veterans to use with them. Just green, so, yellow, or and then to red. red is when you, when you see your loved one, they're not going to see this. You're going to see it when they start to isolate and the things that they love to do, they start to disconnect from. And that's when I tell the friends and family, you need to know who your veterans buddy is. And again, I want you to connect locally because you need that face-to-face -face time. You got to have mm -hmm. that conversation. You got people need people. We, Amen. You know, you know, that's, that's key. Well, we are more connected than ever in society, but we are more isolated than ever. Yeah. And that, that dichotomy is really difficult because you feel like people have, they're like, no, no, I have friends, but they're on social media. And as you said, connecting locally is extremely important. We are coming up on another break. And when we come back, I think that you have taken on one of the things that I've not seen other groups do. And that is to train law enforcement and first responders on how to interact and communicate and better manage crises by knowing what a veteran is feeling, thinking, and saying. So we have to go on a break, but we'll be right back and we will talk more about this very important service in just a few minutes. Stay with us. We're Military Network Radio and we'll be right back after these short messages.
If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the Million Dollar Mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. wonder about the origin of Murphy's Law. You know the maxim that if anything can go wrong, it will. Murphy's Law was named after Captain Edward A. Murphy, an engineer working at Edwards Air Force Base in 1949. Captain Murphy was working on a project designed to measure how much sudden deceleration a human could stand in a crash. After discovering a transducer constructed for the experiment was wired wrong, Murphy squabashed the technician responsible by exclaiming, if there's any way to do it wrong, you'll find it. In other words, circumvent mistakes and miscababbles before they happen. Aerospace manufacturers began quoting Murphy's Law to their engineers, and soon it became an eponym. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back. We're going to talk now about the Live to Tell Foundation's work with law enforcement and first responders, because often when you are in that code red situation, they are the ones who are called. And the outcome can be very different depending on if you know how to respond and you are trained to understand. Not every law enforcement is former military. Many are, but not everyone is. So, Janine, talk us through the training of law enforcement and first responders to communicate and better manage crises with veterans so that they're given help, not given a dead end. Right. So, like I said earlier, I combat um, suicide from a multifaceted approach. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there was a while there where suicide by cop was on the rise. And I said, okay, we, you know, this is a problem. We need to, we need to educate, we need to train our law enforcement. And we found a training, um, and we contacted the people and we brought them in and we trained 119 first responders from Miami-Dade, Broward, and West Palm Beach counties. And the training, it was an eight hour training. And it was first the police, you know, the first responders learn how to identify that you're dealing with a veteran. You know, it could be their license plate. It could be their clothing, their hat. It could be the V on their driver's license. It could be a flag that they're waving at their home, you know, to, to look for signs that this is a veteran. Mm -hmm. Once you identify the veteran, that, that it's a veteran, then you realize that, you know what, 
this person isn't crazy. They're in a moment of time. They're under, they're having distress. There's something going on that triggered them. Let's help de-escalate this situation instead of escalating it. And it doesn't matter how much time it takes. You know, there's not a timeline for, to get somebody to calm down, you know, because there has been suicide by cops because things didn't move along so swiftly. Action was taken. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so the, the cops were trained to, again, to identify, to de-escalate, and then to refer. And um, it's just been, it's been a great success. And I'll tell you what that has evolved into, uh, Linda and Les. We have here in Broward County, we are very close with um, the local municipality, specifically the city of Sunrise. They have just embraced us and really have taken a proactive um, position with our veterans and our community. We actually opened up the Buddy Up to include first responders. That's how this, um, this marriage came to be. So we have cops coming from the city of Sunrise getting to know the veterans. Some of them, the cops were veterans themselves. Three times last year, there was veterans in crisis in the city of Sunrise. Twice law enforcement was called because they were suicidal. Once SWAT was called because he was barricaded in his house. Those could have ended very tragically. But the city of Sunrise reached out to Buddy Up members and had them out on the scene and and was working with them and had the veterans speaking to the other veteran, de-escalated the situation, brought the veteran into the buddy up, and it's it's just been a wonderful thing. And then from that was created my newest initiative, which is not on my website yet. It's called Vet Connect. Mm -hmm. So I went to the city of Sun, the mayor of Sunrise uh, first, and I said, you know, Mayor Ryan, I said, we need to reach more of our veterans. We're still having suicides in our community. And I said, and I believe that if we, if our first responders, when they meet veterans in the community, whether in crisis or not, of course, de-escalate the situation first, but get their name, their branch and their mobile number and get that to my organization. I will have a veteran connect with that veteran within 24 hours. Then next will be a face-to-face time within three or four days. They will meet either two or three of veterans from the Buddy Up, bring them into the Buddy Up, um, connect them with local resources. So he said, Janine, I think this is a, is a brilliant idea. He goes, what do you need me to do? I said, well, I guess I need to meet with the police chief and the fire chief. And he goes, done. So we all had a meeting together and they said, Janine, this is great, but this is what we need you to do. We need you to go home and we need you to write a script because we need to make our officers understand why is this so important? Why would, you know, I said, okay. So Michelle, my vice president and I, we went home and we spent 10 hours. We wrote a script and um, we we put together photos and everything. And then the Florida Panthers um, invited us to the BB&T Center and actually filmed um this video that we created it's being edited right now and it should be done you know any day now and that's going to go on the internal servers of sunrise all sunrise the, the city of sunrise and we're going to pilot the program here and i know it's going to be a success because we're actually already doing it mm-hmm. um and then once once it's here we're going to take this video and then it's going to spread to davy to pop to all of Broward County. 
and we're going to be able to reach so many more veterans that are alone and think that they're alone. You know, we're going to connect them. And then it's from here, it's going to go to Bellingham, Massachusetts, where I have the buddy up out there. And then it is my long term goal to have a buddy up everywhere in the United States. And wherever I have a buddy up, I will have also Vet Connect partnering with the law enforcement. And it's it's just a win win for everybody. Boy, if that could get spread out through the state of Florida, oh yeah, be massive. And you know, there's 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 there are some states that have um, more veterans than other states: Florida, mm -hmm. Texas, California, Ohio, Pennsylvania. Though, I mean, just well, the southeast. That is a, a huge number of veterans you could really reach and, and yes. save their lives. Yeah, incredible. You know, I absolutely love the fact that you're teaming up with local law enforcement and. Um, and bringing them in, and then also how they're helping each other out in these situations. Yeah. And the thing that I thought of too, Linda, it you know to complete the triangle here. I mean, it would just be perfect to include veteran courts in something like this. It, I yes. Trying. I have gone to see Judge Edward Merrigan, if you're listening, sir, at the Fort Lauderdale <laughs> Courthouse three times. Three times I went there. The first time he was on a, and I had a meeting with him, but he couldn't, he could, you know, I couldn't see him for whatever reason. Then I went another time and then I went with an attorney who's, who was a Marine who came to my buddy up and he said, Janine, this is brilliant. You know who needs to be here? Judge Edward Merrigan. He says, well, I know his wife. So I went back with him and um, I still haven't been able to get a hold of him. I've got a contact for you. I'll give it after the show. But it, it is important because Les is right. The Veterans Treatment Court is a nice adjunct to all of this because it requires medical care. So if someone has run afoul of the legal system and they understand that it is because of their because of their combat service, I think it's important. I'm going to pull us back, though, to this program okay. right now, because one of the other things I think that is so critical is including the first responders. It makes them better at what they do if they understand and can de-escalate just as law enforcement does, because one is on the health side, one is on the legal side and the safety and protection of the community. When you put it all together, First responders have very, very high rates also of suicide and PTSD and an awful lot of stress in their lives. So what you're doing is very effective because it's also engaging our veterans with the, quote, civilian population, where we constantly hear there's a huge divide. And I'm of the belief that there is less of a divide if we better understand one another. So by including first responders and law enforcement with the community, with our veterans, you're building a network locally that can be then duplicated across the country, which I imagine is your goal, correct? Yes, yes. Does that make sense? Um, yes, exactly, that's, that's my goal, building community. This is, it's a win-win for everybody. You know, it's just, and it, it is, and it, it, it's, it is simple. It's just a matter of doing it, you know, um, it's it it's, always is. It's a beautiful it, it thing. is. No, you're right. And what was when you were talking about what you built, um, I did something on a very smaller level um, with when we had veterans starting to come to our school that I was uh, had, that I built a veteran program in. 
and we were having some problems in the classroom because our veterans, our instructors didn't understand our veterans and situations that they had gotten themselves in, or they were that 18 year old kid was kicking the back of the vet's chair. You mm -hmm. can only do that so long before the combat vet is going to explode or somebody yeah. else. So um, we we did we brought in we actually brought in a VA counselor and they've taught us um, they've taught us the things to look for, like you're saying, the flag, the bag. You know, that stare, wringing of the hands, red face. So just to give the instructor something to look for, so we can de-escalate the situation, get him out of the classroom, get him a coat, get him, you know, a cup of water, a cup of coffee. And we always did that with another veteran. Exactly what you're saying, but much on a much lower scale. And so I know it works. You're teaming in with the uh, the local law enforcement and first responders. It's just brilliant. Just like Linda said, simple, but brilliant and effective. You brought in the the, the Panthers. Uh, that. If I remember right, that's a local hockey team, correct? Pro hockey team? Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, bringing something like that in that, that's very high profile. And mm -hmm. I, you got, I can't wait to see the video. I hope you should share the video with us. Oh, that's I will. Fantastic. But I'll, I'll tell you, it's these combined efforts that are, um, I still believe less is more. If we don't make... Uh, if we don't make it complicated, if you make it simple, such as green, yellow, red, if you let everyone have a coordinated sense of how we can better improve our communities on a greater level, it, it adds such, it adds a camaraderie and it adds a sense of engagement to the community as well, which I think is a side benefit of what you're offering, Janine. There's a, there's a lot of organic positivity that comes mm -hmm. from, from community, from, from getting people together. Nothing but good comes from it. You know, when you're, when you're in a substance-free environment and, um, you know, getting people together and doing things and, and they know you care. Right. You, they know, I'm the mom. You know that, right? I'm, um, <laughs> yes, the mother, I, I'm the mother of America's battalion. I am Moab. And um, they all, you know, they call me Mama Lutz and, uh, it's it's a, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Well, again, turning your grief into action for such positive effect is so exemplary, and, and we applaud you. But it's also so practical what you're doing and impressing so many people with the good that can come out of our military members before, during, and after their deployments. So we have our last break of the show, but we'll be back and we will talk further about additional advocacy for alternative therapies and more suicide prevention. We'll be right back. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Salt is in nearly everything we eat, and many times it makes food taste so delicious. Even though the 2010 Dietary Guidelines for Americans recommends limiting sodium to less than 2,300 milligrams a day, Men's Health Magazine states that the average American takes in about 3,300 milligrams of sodium every single day. Your body needs some sodium to function properly because it helps transmit nerve impulses. It influences the contraction and relaxation of muscles, and it helps maintain the right balance of fluids in your body. But most of us are getting far more sodium than is recommended. 
Check out the sodium content in the foods you are eating and limit soy sauce, Parmesan cheese, bacon, smoked salmon, ramen noodles, and salami. It's time to kick the habit of too much sodium. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. walked into a room on a mission to get something and totally forgot what you went in there for? I do it all the time, which makes me feel like a total sieve head, as the Brits would say. Some might blame it on old age, but a recent study reported in the Quarterly Journal of Experimental Psychology suggests the simple act of passing through a doorway causes memory lapses. It appears the brain regards a doorway as an event boundary and effectively files away whatever you were thinking about as soon as you step through. What's the word for the feeling your thoughts are being stolen? Nucleptia. So, what's the solution? Try carrying an object that reminds you of the task. For example, if you go into another room to get a pair of scissors, carry the object you want to cut. Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back. We're going to continue our conversation with Janine Lutz talking about CAM or Complementary and Alternative Medical Care. There are many alternatives that you can pursue in lieu of drug therapy or with it, um, carefully supervised, etc. And every case is different and you have to work with your care teams on this. We've talked about the social aspects of camaraderie and teams and, and getting together with the buddy up and the code check and those sorts of things. But I do know that you advocate as well for research into medical marijuana for PTSD and other conditions. Talk some more about that, would you? I'm sure. Um, I have done a lot of uh, reading about the history of cannabis and um, the the medicinal value that it has. And it it definitely does have a medicinal value. And there is no negative side effects. You know, it's not going to damage your your liver or your kidneys or your heart. And it's not going to give you all these bad side effects. Um, So I say, why not give our veterans um, you know, some, some cannabis oil that's mm-hmm. including the THC. And yes, we need to, they need to be aware that they need to start out with a low dose of D- THC until they know how it reacts with them. But um, I have a lot of veterans that are very successful, that have their own businesses that smoke, that some of them vape and some of them actually smoke um, the, a joint. And um, they're not on any medications and they're doing well. And so I say, why not? Why not give it to the people? Les? You know, I, I think it's a, if I think that sort of alternative is fine. I think uh, um, if it works for one person, it may not be right for another somebody else. Just like everything. Yeah. Yeah. Just like everything. People react to drugs the same way. People react to medical marijuana. Um, so I, I agree. If it if it will um, if it will calm the vet down and take him out of that dark space, I, I agree that it should be used. I agree. Any alternative um, is, is good. You know, I, they, I, I I'm just an advocate of not being so uh, you know bringing up that word again that combat cocktail. 
something that's not so devastating as that. I, I, think I think we just have to be aware, though, and I will insert this, is that right now it's not permitted for the VA to prescribe. And the laws are really gnarly on some of these things where it's allowed in certain states, but the VA itself as an institution can talk about it, but can't recommend it. And so just be aware that sometimes that can affect your VA programs if you're in, for example, the VA caregiver program or things like that. And so I, I'm in agreement and I, I wish we had more study, but as you know, everything in VA has to be quote evidence-based care. And yet I was in clinical trials for 20 years. Their perception of what accommodates that requirement is stricter than what is in our civilian world for drugs. And we are the strictest in the world in terms of uh, uh, recommending drugs and letting them go out for sale and marketing. So it's, it's fascinating. And yet the anecdotal studies on MMJ are really very strong. So I, th I think it's something that is coming, but it is one of the alternative therapies. You were bringing up peripherally though other things so when you're together with other guys chances are good that people are listening to music they are um, involved in other things that they like to do because now they're happier so there's art therapy and writing things down many people come and use photography as an outlet these are alternative therapies that help if you're in a good place but it's hard to find them if you're not in a good place so I think the way you're buddying people up is, is probably the most important piece because people need to help people. We were not meant to live alone. I, I'm glad you brought up um, when you're in a dark place. Um, I wanna, I wanna when, want to get this out there. So many times I see a post or I hear somebody say after we lose a veteran to suicide, you know, they'll share, you know, that so-and-so died and they're like, come on guys, I'm here, just reach out to me. I want people to stop saying that because they're not going to reach out to you when they're no. in that dark place. Nope. So that's when I say that I need our veterans to listen here, that you guys need to connect locally with other veterans. You need to recognize that you need each other, that you guys will, you guys have something in common. You served our country. You were willing to die for our country and for the man stand, standing next to you. He might not be the guy that you served with, but it's another veteran that took the same oath as you. So you have something in common right there. So I need you to connect locally, recognize you need each other and live to tell and have each other's backs. And I wanna tell also the veterans out there the veterans that you connect with, learn what their trigger dates are. Yeah. So, you know, for example, the summertime is for 2-8 that, you know, was with my son. The whole entire summer is a very hard time for everybody that went over there the summer of 2009 because we lost 14 that summer. Mm -hmm. So learn your veterans' trigger dates and then in your phone, set a reminder about 30 days. Hey, you know what? Johnny lost, lost Sep. 
uh, Seth, July 2nd. I'm going to start contacting Johnny. Oh, about the first or second week of June. I'm going to get some face-to-face -face time with him. I'm going to make sure that he's not going to isolate. I'm not going to let him get into code red. Because you see, when you connect with other veterans, when they're in code yellow, you can prevent them from ever getting to code red. And we have had a 100% success rate with that. Congratulations. And I hope it stays that way because yeah. it is, you're right, but they are not going to reach out. That's one of the reasons that Les and I bring on organizations and then we obviously push these podcasts out into the community because you can build a website, but that doesn't mean people will come. Right. And hearing you talk about the program and training law enforcement, suicide prevention, buddy up, code check, advocacy, the peers, the rides, all of these things make a difference for people. Tell us how listeners can help in terms of helping you grow to other areas and reproduce this. If they're interested in volunteering or interested in donating, where do they go? Well, they can go to my website, which is Lutz, L-U-T-Z, Lutz, live to tell.org. Um, and you can you can donate there and you can get all, all the information about who we are and what we do on there. And I'm really seeking volunteers in other states that would like to facilitate a buddy up. Mm -hmm. We have a complete manual written on how to. And if you agree with what we're doing, we will assist you, know, you in, in opening up your uh, buddy up locally. That's how we got started in um, Bellingham, Mass. Is there was an organization out there who was following us, and um, they they said we want to do what you're doing. So we sent them the manual, and and now we're open in Bellingham, Mass. Well, I'll tell you, I think the difference is Janine is that you and your organization is you guys are actually out in the community doing something. Um, in reference, Linda, to what you said about other VSOs just having a website and hopefully somebody will show up and, and get one of their programs. So this, that's a huge deal that you're out in the community. You're talking to first responders. You got, you got the marriage attention. You've been in front of a, an attorney trying to get every, you know, the, the entire community down in mm -hmm. Sunday. Oh, the mathematicians involved. And that's the difference I think you're making. And I think that this is Linda, in my opinion, this is something the VSOs uh, fail at. And you are having a great success at mm -hmm. And I, as a veteran myself, I can tell you, I appreciate that. And I, and I, and, and just reading, reading your son's story and having you tell it again, um, was, was heartbreaking, but I'm glad you're actually doing something with other veterans because you keep hearing about the 22, 20 or 22 a day. And it just seems like that, you know, we keep hearing it and hearing it. And I would tell you, you're saving more lives and you can, you can probably, you probably even know. Oh, Absolutely. You, you can't know the efforts. I, I think a lot of us forget that everybody has something. And while you may know to keep an eye out during a live day anniversaries, uh, surge anniversaries, you know, whatever it may be, there's also things happening in personal lives. You mentioned that a, a very big trigger for your son was a relationship breakup. That's a huge one. Another one, believe it or not, is the death of a pet. Yes. You know, there are some of these things that people don't think about, but they're life changing because that was a foundational point for them. We have just about two minutes left. Please share with our listeners anything that we have missed in asking you that you would like to share with them. 
Um, I well, let's see. I um, my mind just went blank, Linda. <laughs> All right, I, I can I can guide you more. Um, well, I'll tell talk you. Talk about okay. the PTSD and how insidious it is. Um. Oh yes, it is. It, it, it is, but it's but it can be managed. You there know, you like, go. You can yep. learn to manage. You you learn what your triggers are. You 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 write in your phone. Use your calendar to remind yourself of these dates because we can get upset. Like my son, my son's birthday. You don't know this, but I lost both my sons. My oh. second son's oh. birthday is this month. So about three weeks ago, I started getting really angry. I'm like, you know, I wanted to, I said, you know what? I just need to stay home because I'm going to bite somebody's head off. And then I realized, you know what? My son's birthday is coming up. Right. So set reminders in your phone. Let your family know, you know, have, you need to have somebody that, that is on your side, you know, a liaison for you. That's how I made it through is I had a friend who actually tracked my son's birthdays and she knew she wouldn't let me be alone, you know? That's a good friend. And you know where I get my power from? Tell me. My marine uterus. <laughs> <laughs> now, Les, I wasn't expecting that, were you? <laughs> I, I was thinking, I was going the opposite direction with that one. I, <laughs> I am a proud marine mom, and um, I have a huge military family, and I am the voice for our military, and I will continue to fight for our military until the day I die. Janine, you are quite the example, and I'm so grateful that we are able to bring on an organization that has truly taken the grassroots approach and viewed it holistically, not caring who gets the credit, and you get things done because of that. I think the, the thing that excites me the most for your growth is that you have already got the prototype and you're willing to share it and to grow it. So I hope that our listeners will really go to LutzLiveToTell.org and take a look at what you can do in your community to help our, our military and our communities in general. Thank you so much for joining us today, Janine. Thank you for having me. Our pleasure. Thank you for tuning in today to Military Network Radio. You can find our show at our website, www.toginet.com forward slash Military Network Radio. Also, www.militarynetworkradio.com and in iTunes under Military Network Radio. Join us next week when we bring you another program.